Let's take our Bibles this morning, this afternoon. It's been a long morning. Let's turn over to Exodus chapter number 20. <clears throat> Exodus chapter number 20. We're going to be looking at commandment number 7. Commandment number 7. Can someone raise your hand? Don't just yell it out. What is the first commandment? Can someone tell me commandment number one? Samuel. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What's commandment number two? Thou That's right. That's commandment number two. All right. He just set the standard high. What is, no one wants to say, what's commandment number three? Yeah. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Wonderful. Commandment number four. Who wants to say it? No, someone else. Someone else. Commandment number four. You can look at your notes if you need to. Go ahead. Commandment number four. Go ahead. Remember the Sabbath day. The first four commandments deal with our relationship to God. Okay? Now, what's commandment number five? Go ahead. Honor thy father and thy mother. Isn't it interesting? The first four deal with our relationship to God. And I would say the um, apex of that is commandment number one, have no other God before me. Starts off the next six commandments. Commandment number five, honor thy father and mother. That's the most important relationship here on earth. First one is the most important relationship with God. The number five is the most important, important relationship here on this earth. Honor thy father and mother. All right, commandment number six. Thou shalt not kill. Way to go. You got it. All right. Who has commandment number seven? You know what it's going to be. Commandment number seven. Someone who hasn't answered. You've looked at the scriptures. Commandment number seven. No, go ahead. Thou shalt not commit adultery. You know better than me. I sat down and had half of all my notes written and ready to go. And I said, that's commandment number eight. I got to go back to number seven. And so I was writing everything about thou shalt not steal. And uh, I said, I better go back and uh, get commandment number seven. And thou shalt not commit adultery. We're in Exodus chapter number 20. And that's the entire verse of verse number 14. Okay. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And uh, all God's people said right there, amen. Okay, that's that's all I need to say. You're not supposed to do it, so don't do it. Okay, let's dismiss in prayer. And uh, no, I, I wish it could be that simple, but uh, unfortunately, it is not that simple. I'll also say this: I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter number five that actually reiterates and gives the entire list of the Ten Commandments all over again. So Exodus twenty: Thou shalt not commit adultery. Simply being put. Uh, adultery is defined as the unfaithfulness of any married person to the marriage bed. In Scripture, it carries the meaning of all manner of lewdness and unchastity. Now, I want you to know I'm not just preaching this message because of an engagement 
But it sure does help to just go ahead and get it out of the way right now, and uh, we won't have to take care of it later. He'll still get talked about it, and she will too. Okay? Now, thou shalt not commit adultery. Now, as we look at this, now listen, I want to say this. God takes this subject matter very seriously throughout the Scriptures. Okay, now you say, well, does he not take the other ones that seriously? No, he takes them all seriously. But this subject matter of marriage, as much as uh, the world has minimized the importance of marriage, okay? You say, well, I've been reading the divorce rate's been going down, not as many people getting divorced. Well, there's a reason for that, not as many people getting married, because they're going into this sinful fornication of actually living together and trying to carry that out before marriage or just say, hey, it's just better for us if we do this. Listen, right is still right, according to the scriptures, okay? And so in the Old Testament, I'll say this, that the simple it was the simple act of being unfaithful in the marriage by the man or the woman. Now, listen, I'm an equal opportunity preacher. And this is as much of a sin for the men as it is for the women. And you say, well, pastor, you just don't understand. No, I don't. Because when I stood up, listen, and said, faithful till death do us part, for better or for worse, okay, in sickness and in health, I'm either a liar or I'm committed to the vow. And so this matter of adultery is running rampant across our nation, and I am not naive enough to believe that it cannot come inside of our church. And so I believe it needs to be preached against. I believe it needs to be warned against. Listen, In summary, keep your eyes and your hands off anybody else's husband or wife. And even if they're not married, keep your eyes and your hands off them. It is not right. Now let's get back to the scriptures, okay? Under the Old Testament law, this actually constituted the death penalty (laughs) under the Old Testament law. Boy, that'd take care of adultery today, wouldn't it? I'd take care. Now, listen, turn over with me if you, if you need to. Leviticus chapter number 20. Leviticus chapter number 20. Now, it's not that just the accusation had to be made, but this is chapter 20 and verse number 10. And this is where all the wives would say, you're right, death penalty. Okay. My wife told me one time that she doesn't believe in murder. I mean, she doesn't believe in, in uh, divorce, but she believes in murder. <laughs> and so, not sure where that would all go. And uh, I told her if she's ever going to leave, pack my bag, I'm going with her, okay? But uh, Leviticus chapter 20, verse number 10, the Bible says, and this is under Old Testament law, and the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committed, uh, committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. 
I think that's pretty plain right there, isn't it? Under Old Testament law, that's what God was saying. Here's the law that is put in. You say, well, there's accusations that can be made. Do you understand God even had a test uh, for accusations that are made? They would actually bring, in, in most cases, what's given to us in the scriptures, the lady would be brought in and sat down in front of everybody and be asked the question if they committed adultery. If they said no... So they would actually have to drink this bitter concoction that God gave them the recipe for. And the Bible says if she was lying, her belly was going to swell up. And it was actually a, a test to find out whether she was telling the truth or not. God takes marriage very seriously. And I believe that we ought to take it seriously. When he says, thou shalt not commit adultery, I believe, and I'll just jump all the way to here and share this with you. I believe the reason for that is because in the New Testament, it is the marriage relationship between the husband and wife that God compares his relationship of Christ and the church. That Christ being the groom and the church being the bride of Christ. And so therefore, any minimizing of the relationship between husband and wife, listen, I wonder why we don't have the right relationship as a church to Christ today is because we've lost it as our relationship with our husband or spouse, okay? And so we look at this, it was constituted the death penalty under Old Testament law, but then, listen, we can get into a lot of things here, but what would be the cause of adultery? And listen, I'm not asking for, for volunteers right here to give the reason and what caused adultery, okay? I know some people have had to suffer through this. And I by no means want to minimize that. I will not ever say that it's right. I will not ever say, well, I understand. No, I'm not going to say that. You yield to that. Listen, you've, you've broken your bond. Some have had to suffer through that because you've had a spouse. You've had someone who have cheated. They've walked into that. What's the cause of it? I want to share this with you from the scriptures. Proverbs chapter number six. Proverbs chapter number six, you say, does the, does the Bible have anything to say about that? It sure does. Proverbs chapter number six. And I want you to see down here. Now, Proverbs was written by King Solomon. You wonder why he had so much to say about it. The man had, had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Okay, he did err in the purity of marriage, but yet God still said, I'm going to give you, you're going to be the wisest man. But look what he said here in verse number 32, Proverbs 6, verse number 32. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding, but he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. You say, what's the scripture saying there? I believe there's, there's so much that comes under that heading, but whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. So much that comes under that phrase of lacking understanding. You say, what do they don't understand? They don't understand the cost of it. Do you understand? Solomon also said another place in Proverbs, commit adultery, you actually give your years unto the cruel and you bear the reproach. Now, you know as well as I do, I've had, I've had good friends of mine 
that have committed adultery, I'm talking in ministry, no longer in ministry today, they've committed adultery. Do you understand no matter how much they tried to get that right, there was still that given the years unto the cruel, it was still that he's the one that committed adultery on his wife. She's the one that committed adultery on her husband. Can I say this? There's, there's, it's not right. It's not right. You say, oh, it's not hurting anybody but me. Now, the Bible does say you destroy your own soul. Give you years unto the cruel. You can go on and on. Listen, the sanctity of marriage ought to be held under our relationship with God. The relationship between husband and wife ought to be the greatest relationship that you ever have in your life. It ought to be taken with seriousness. It ought to be taken. Listen, it's said with the marriage vows that you're entering into those vows. You're not being coerced. You're not being forced. You're doing it a free choice, entering in to be able to say. Now, listen, I know there's testimonies that could be given here as far as saying, but they did this and they did that. I understand. I get it. Okay. I can't help what someone else does, but I will say till death do us part by God's grace it's breaking the commands of the law for me to commit adultery against my wife. Okay? Now, let's keep taking this a step further. The Bible does tell us that it is sin and it is action against your own soul. But I also want you to see this with the sin of fornication and these fleshly sins. Now, listen, I'm being very careful this afternoon. You understand why? Junior church isn't taking place downstairs. Okay? Adultery is sin against the Lord. And I want you to see this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. I'm going to turn back over there, 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, and I think you're going to find it interesting the context of Scripture that this is in. I'm on page 1610 is where I'm going to be in the Rock of Ages Study Bible. 1610 is where I'm going to see this. In the context of Scripture, tying it together with the message from this morning and the context of Scripture that we are indwelt and our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 18 says this, flee fornication. Flee fornication. Now, fornication is that umbrella that all these fleshly and sexual sins come under that umbrella, premarital, postmarital, okay? God's saying flee fornication because he says every sin that a man doeth is without the body that means it's external but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body now that's pretty serious when we start talking about external sins, but then the sin of fornication is sinning against our own body. And understand this. You see verse number 19, the very next verse is the one we read this morning. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's apostrophe S, which means they belong to God. Listen, this body is not my own. Now, so many times we say, hey, my soul belongs to the Lord. He said right here, listen, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Our body belongs to God. Why don't, we, why, don't we, why don't we do this? 
Anytime you decide and say, well, it's just a little bit of flirting. Now, I can go all afternoon on what brings it to the cause of this. The cause goes along something like this. Now, listen to me, and I'm not in favor of this. Don't come to me and start joking around that it's okay to be able to go look at the menu but come home to eat. Ladies also. Okay? It's not okay being at the office, being downtown. Hey, you drive so far out of your way to go to a certain gas station because of the clerk that's in there and flirts a little bit. Guy or girl. Not right. You know what's being planted in our, in our, in our hearts and our minds? And then the, the, the thought life starts and the fantasizing starts. Listen, we haven't brought every thought into captivity. It's not right to sit down and say, oh, I'm just enjoying God's beautiful creation. Now listen, I'm saying we better be protecting our eyes, our relationship, our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. The verse we read this morning, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, said not to defile the temple of God. That's our body. That's who we are. Why would we go that direction? Can I say, you say, well, the young people, they're okay with this. They're not married yet. Let me ask you something. If you all go out and live however you want to live, then I wonder how many young ladies and how many young men you're going to be hanging all over and kissing and hugging and carrying on before you finally get to the one that you're going to marry. Hey, I think it's just okay to stay pure till you're married. Why do I have to show up at the at the the, the 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 altar to be able to get married? And I've got six or eight or ten people in the past that I've been hanging all over and kissing all over and be able to say I'm I'm loving all them by the time I come to the altar. I've given away so many pieces of my heart that I don't have much left to be able to give. And we expect all of that just to stop when we put a ring on their finger. Well, pastor, that's just old-fashioned. You ought not to be preaching like that. I'm going to run a rabbit trail right here. I'm not even going to ask permission. Do you understand that I I believe we're getting to a culture that is just, okay, go ahead and date someone and go ahead and throw them away if it doesn't work out and go ahead and get another one. And throw them away if it doesn't work out. And then all of a sudden we put a ring on the finger and we expect the last 10 years of behavior to stop. No, we've trained them for 10 years. If it don't work out, throw them away and get another one. No, I I believe we ought to be teaching and practicing the actual sanctity of marriage. And we need to be careful about this subject matter. Flee fornication. You say, well, does the Bible say that it's a, it, it's a sin to be able to hold hands? No, the Bible doesn't say it's a sin to hold hands. You may, but I will say this. It does say further on down the road's a sin. Okay? And he says, flee it. I want to get away as far as I can. Okay? And... That's where I'll continue to teach. That's where I'll continue to stand. And what you do with it, that's completely up to you. But I will say this, the cause of adultery, according to the Scriptures, is understand, there's a lack of understanding, I believe, of the cost, 
Now you say, well, I'm just hurting me. Can I say who the, who the biggest casualties in all of it is? Usually is the children that's involved in all of it. Okay? And, and going through that life and, and, and what's taking place and having to keep secrets. I'm, I'm going to move on. That's where, from the message this morning, the Holy Spirit of God said, once you stop that statement right there, and let's just keep preaching. Okay? The sin against our own flesh. You say, Pastor, is there that much to do with adultery? Thou shalt not commit adultery. It's serious all the way through the Scriptures, a sin against your own body. Now, can I say this? Adultery is just as much as a heart matter as it is a flesh matter. Because I believe it all starts in the heart. I believe it all begins right there. You say, what do you mean? That's what Christ was saying in Matthew chapter number 5. You knew I was going there. And this is just where I want to rear back and preach for the next 30 minutes. Matthew chapter number 5. Well, it's a secret sin and nobody knows. Well, your Savior knows. Matthew chapter 5. And here's what he said in verse number 27. I'm on page 1323. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 27, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. You say, well, it's just the outward act that matters. No, it isn't. Any of those thoughts that are provoking and that are being meditated upon, I'm being very careful here. I'm talking about the thought you get when no one's around and you're on your phone. The thought that you have as you're scrolling and listen, you're on your TikTok videos, you're on your YouTube videos, you're on your, your reels as they're going through from Instagram or from Facebook and you're just scrolling on down through there. And listen, it's right here. And it's the thought, you say, well, well, if that's the case, and I've heard this most ignorant statement, well, if I thought it, it's just as guilty, so I might as well do it. Hey, listen, Jesus took it a step further and said, listen, it's not just the outward act, but it's your thought life. And he said, it's the same as committing adultery. Listen, I know, I, there, there's people right here that would say I would never dream of going and cheating with the lady at work or with the man that's my boss. There's, there's, there's ladies and men that would say that right now. I wouldn't ever dream of letting it go that far. But you'll sit and look at it day after day after day. Can I say this? In God's eyes, you still need to confess, repent, and get it right. In God's eye. You say, well, we just can't help but see it. It's all over the place today. Hey, listen, I can't do what the world puts out there, but I can control my eyes from meditating upon it and making sure I drive a certain way. Oh, it's just an accident. I drive by there. But you make sure you take that route every day to be able to see that. And to be able to place that in front of your eyes. Listen, you're not bringing every thought into captivity. You say, Pastor, why is this so passionate with you? Because I'm tired of and, and, and getting grieved over the marriages and the lives that are being ruined because of the involvement with it. 
Listen, you are not going to survive the marriage if you are pouring the wickedness of magazines and internet and videos into your mind on a daily basis. You're not going to get by with it. Listen, and just because it's anime doesn't mean that it's right. Well, that's just that's just that that Asian anime. It's it's just as wicked before Almighty God. And God said, "Listen, thou shalt not commit adultery. Take it a step further. Don't even be thinking and be lusting about them." That's not what our hearts and our minds ought to be considered. Keep your heart and eyes to the person that God has given to you. You say, well, God hasn't given me anyone yet. Then keep them for the person that God's going to be bringing into your life. I will say this. There's nothing that grieves more than having to sit down and have couples talk through the past and try to unpack the luggage and the, the burdens that they're carrying from 30 years of living in the flesh. And then it all comes out and have to unpack all of that. Listen, your marriage is worth fighting for and keeping pure and keeping clean. Listen, I say it every time. I have no issue. My, my son walked up to me today. Brother Peter said, listen, can I keep your phone and borrow it for a little while? Because Miss Amy's stepping out and she's taking my phone with her. Listen, my heart did not skip one beat about taking my son and and letting him have my phone and and worried about what he's going to go see on there because of, of what's been looked at. I wasn't worried about it. You say, well, pastor, do you have it all perfect? No, I don't. But I will say this, it's worth fighting for. You go ahead and think about husbands, wives. You think about having to sit down and have that conversation with your spouse do you know what would break my heart? Now, listen, my relationship with God ought to be the number one, okay, of God already knowing. But can I say this? I could not imagine having to sit down with my wife and kids and say, this is what dad did. I couldn't, ima- I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that taking place. And, and you say, well, you, you worried about getting hurt? You worried about, no. I'm worried about the look on their face. Of just, I mean, just disappointment, of heartbreak, of failure. That scares me to death. You say, well, it ought not to. Listen, there needs to be a warning. God did not make it one of the ten because it's not important. Keep your heart and your mind and your eyes to the person that God's given to you. I also take it a step further. You say, what about this adultery? Can I also say that, that God even calls departing spiritually as spiritual adultery? Spiritual adultery. Do you understand over in the book of James, in chapter number 4, now look at this. James chapter number 4. I'm on page 1736. I'm saying that because I'm jumping around to a lot of verses today as I'm going through. You say, well, I don't have a Rock of Ages study Bible. You can get one. James chapter number four. Look what he says here in verse number four. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. 
That's male and female, by the way. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us? I think I heard something about that recently, didn't I? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. Do you understand? He's talking about our spiritual life here. And he says this, when we are going after the things of the world and the philosophies of the world and the love of the world, he he calls those individuals spiritually adulterers and adulteresses. You know why? We're being unfaithful to God. Now, it's amazing. I could never imagine being unfaithful to my wife or my family But it's amazing how many times in our Christian life we're unfaithful to God. Spiritual adultery. When I I believe all of that comes back right now, I believe all of this, commandment number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery, comes all the way back to commandment number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Do you know what it is if I commit adultery on this girl right back here? I just put another woman above her in my life. That's a lack of understanding. Not understanding the consequences of that, not understanding the long-term effect, not understanding the pain, the misery of all of that, but spiritual adultery, when I'm friends with the world, going after the things of the world, and not faithful to God, he says, you adulterers and adulteresses. Boy, that's some hard terms. I'm saying, Lord, really, that doesn't do anything for my ego, that doesn't, that's not good for my self-esteem. I mean, those, those words that are used like that. But I believe the Lord's just putting it very plain so that we understand our number one relationship spiritually ought to be between us and God. Nobody else in front of us. But our number one relationship here on this earth is supposed to be the person that I said I do to. And nothing comes between that. Nothing whatsoever. You say, oh, I'm not hurt. They don't even know about it. Trust me, they know something's wrong. They just may not be able to pinpoint it, but they know there's something wrong. I had an old-time preacher. He, I, I believe he truly had the gift of discernment that he could sit down, he could talk to you for a little while, and while he was pastoring, he went over and met with a family. Everything, everything just seemed right. But there, there was just something that was there. And he sat down in the living room of that family, and he's talking with that husband and wife. And finally, sitting there in that, in that living room, he looked over at that man. He said, sir, where do you keep your stack of pornography? There was no inclination. The wife didn't come complaining. <laughs> the wife didn't come. He hadn't let on to anything. God said, there's something there. He said, where do you keep that? And they looked at each other. Honestly, that man had been found out. He walked into that bedroom and walked out with a stack back when it was magazines and put it right there. You say, oh, everything seems... No, God knows. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because I'm just going down through the Ten Commandments. Just going down through. God knows where it's at. God knows would be in, John, in James chapter 4. But listen, the spirit that dwelleth in us, it's not right. 
Can I say this? Wives, it's not right to compare your husband to what you're seeing on television. It's not how it is. It's not right, men, to be comparing your wives to what you see in a magazine or what they portray on television. It's not right to do that. You know why? Because that's not who God has for you. And comparing ourselves amongst ourselves, the Bible says that's not wise. And there's marriages and there's lives that are being destroyed. You say, Pastor, why why didn't you preach this when the teenagers weren't in here, the young people weren't in here? Because they need to get it right now. Because I guarantee you right now there's things on this front row right now, and I don't know who it is, there's things on that front row that's not a pure mind. You say, oh, no, everything's fine in my household. I I was asked this question. When do you think when do you think we ought to get our kids a smartphone? I was with someone when they were asked that question. When do you think we ought to get the kids a smartphone? And and one of uh, an old-time preacher made the statement. He said whenever you're ready to have that conversation about the temptation and what they're seeing online. When you're ready to start dealing with that, go ahead and put the phone in their hands. Oh no, they're 8 years old now. They got to have it. What in the world does an eight-year-old have going on in his life? <laughs> hey, can I just put, put some guardrails up, okay? If you've got some young people and they have unlimited access, listen, I don't even go unlimited access. <laughs> I don't even say I want access to all. You say, well, no, it's because you've got a problem with that. No, I'm trying to keep from one, okay? Because I, I take that little phrase right there, thou shalt not commit adultery, I believe it's serious. There's a vow between us and God that I'm going to stay pure, I'm going to stay holy, and I do not want to be an adulterer. Enough said. I pray that you're pure and you're holy before the Lord. I pray that you're guarding your eyes. I pray that you're guarding your heart and you're keeping it. You say, Pastor, I've failed. Listen, you're still alive. There's still an opportunity. Get it right. Move on. Do you understand? Well, I want to preach. The same context in Matthew chapter number five, the same context of lusting after a woman in the heart, okay, just by thinking of it, goes right into the verses. If your hand offends you, cut it off. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. I found out this. People just aren't willing to do what it takes. You say, boy, I got a problem with that phone, and I, I, just, I just keep looking at things. Hey, step in my office. I'll give you a flip phone you can't get a thing on. Oh, no, I can't, I can't do that. If I offend you, pluck it out. What are we willing to do? That's where I, I believe that's the principle. You say, well, I need to cut both my hands off then? No. The, the issue comes back to the heart issue, not just an outward flesh issue of saying, listen, this may seem extreme, and it's not to be broadcast to everybody, but listen, this may seem extreme, but here's what I need to do to be able to have that victory. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. What are, we, what are we willing to do? Now, listen, someone else may not have to go to that extreme, but for some, it may be, that's what I need to do. That's what I need. Hey, listen, if, if you can't handle the television because you're sitting there watching too much stuff on it, get rid of it. If you can't handle the Internet, listen, get rid of it. I, 
I even said I had the, the basketball game on my iPad while Crystal and I were sitting in the living room, and she probably didn't even notice. But you know what I did? And it was just in my mind. I was sitting there on the couch. I had my iPad right there. She was watching, I don't know, Hallmark or something. I don't know. <laughs> Took my iPad, and I had it there with the ball game. I actually turned it so that if she stood up and wanted to see it or something like that, that, that she could see what was on the screen. I didn't, I didn't ask her, do you want me to do that? But in my mind, I'm like, I'm sitting right here with my wife. I'm not going to try to hide a screen from her. I want it to be able to be seen. It just, you say, Pastor, what are you struggling with? Making sure I don't go down a path. And, and, and I want things in place. And I want God to be able to help us with this. Because listen, it is everywhere in our society. And it is not okay, according to the scriptures. Wives, it is not okay for your husband to be in that stuff. Husbands, it is not okay for your wives to be involved in that stuff. It is not okay. We do not excuse it and say, well, that's just men. That's not a Christian man. That's not a Christian lady. We don't excuse that. There's still purity according to the scriptures and tying it back. Do you think God knew what he was doing when we put one message on my heart this morning, came back with the next message this afternoon, that our body's the temple of the Holy Ghost? We have the Spirit of God living inside of us. Let's not defile the temple. Not a bit. Because of who we are and who's living inside of us, okay?